Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with a close friend of mine, Sally Hoy. Sally is the founder and CEO of Fairy Dust Teaching. Fairy Dust actually started in 2010 as a space for Sally to blog out her thoughts and ideas. She was in a highly academic setting, and she still wanted to bring wonder into her classroom. From there, Fairy Dust expanded and grew and has cultivated a community of over 101 countries. Sally has authored several books, including The Wonder Art Workshop and Through the Child's Eyes. She's been producing dynamic play conferences and summits since 2014 and has offered hundreds of professional development hours through online professional development courses, through her Wonder-led certification program and the Wonder League membership program. She has an exciting conference coming up called the Free to Play Summit. And in today's conversation, Sally and I talk about something that you probably have never heard before. We talk about her childhood experiences with wonder and play and her personal pathways to harness her own inner wisdom. We talk so much about her early days as a teacher and how she was hunting for answers that actually didn't exist. We talk about the values, the principles, and the character that continues to guide her pursuit in building fairy dust teaching. I really enjoy the conversation I had with Sally, and I hope you do as well. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wilshansky. I'm a mom of 410, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Sally, I'd love for us to get started in you taking us back to your childhood experiences with play and your kind of first understanding of wonder, curiosity, and what it means to just be free as a child. Oh my gosh, I love that question. I am immediately, I know exactly the moment. I was probably four years old, three or four years old. Uh, My father was a professor in Pullman, Washington at the university. And we, in fact, I went back last year and a half ago and saw the home that we lived in that was on the edge of these rolling hills of wheat. 
And I remember as a child roaming into those wheat fields and, you know, into the trees. And it's so interesting because in those days, you know, back in the 60s, parents let the children out the front door and into the backyard, you know, with, and, you know, my older siblings were playing around, you know, but anyway, I remember going back there and I remember having the desire to create things like to make mud pies, to make, you know, it was just rich. And one of the funniest things that happened is one time back in that wheat field, I hit a little hive of bees and got multiple stings. And it didn't daunt me from going back into like the freedom of it all. It was just this discovery. And luckily, I'm one of those people that bee stings don't bother. You know? Yeah. I love that. Just the energy in your voice around what it means to be free, what it means to play without being judged or told, do it this way or do it that way, or this is the right way, or let me do it for you, or let me help you. Um, Let me show you the best way to do it. Let me show you how it's going to be pretty. All of those kinds of things that many of us grew up with from our own educators and from our own teachers. So your name has really become synonymous with play with wonder, with a lot of the Reggio-inspired work. And many, many people uh, know you because you've been around for a while in the online space, teaching, doing courses and training and online learning opportunities. And what I would love for people to kind of get a behind the scenes of is back to your teaching days, you know, before you started Mm -hmm. your business, we were talking before we hit record around this concept that you were like, everyone has or knows something that I don't. And I know that for those of you that are listening, whether that's in teaching, whether that's in parenting or marriage or health or wellness, so many times we hit this crossroads in our life and we're like, what does everyone know that I don't? What is the secret sauce? So walk us through what was going through your mind during those early days of teaching. Yeah. So I started teaching in 1996 in a church preschool. And I, it's interesting, I went in uh, with no background in education, right? So I was really clear that I wanted to be nurtured. I didn't want to, you know, that those children deserve to have someone who was educated in how to be an educator. So I worked with Cynthia Aldinger, who is the founder of Lifeways, which is a Waldorf inspired program. Amazing. Um, And several other mentors went into a a Waldorf kindergarten training in Boulder, Colorado with Bonnie River. And the thing that I was so present to is like, I would, you know, observe classrooms all the time. I had a Mother's Day out scheduled Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Tuesday and Thursday, I was out like a detective to find really great educators, watch them. You know, I was trying to be the best I could be. Like I was committed. And I remember like watching different educators talk with children. And I was like, how do we talk to children? How do we ask questions powerfully? And I thought it's so crazy pants to think about it because I would go into the library. You know, this is the nineties. The internet wasn't such the source it is now and just comb book after book after book. Like who has the ultimate answers of like, I wanted a list. I wanted the step-by-step, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to do this and they're going to say that, you know, I wanted the formula of engaging 
conversation with children and I couldn't find it, right? Like I couldn't find it. And I remember just looking and, and searching for being my best self in the classroom. And I think that I really didn't get the truth of the matter for quite some time. I remember toward the end of the 90s going, okay, I have to go back. You know, the answer is my bachelor's degree. I'm going to go and get my degree and then I'll be excellence, right? Waldorf training, beautiful. It nurtured my heart, but I'm still not there, right? (laughs) And so I went and worked for Head Start and they paid for my degree. So I went and got my degree. And here it's 2004. And I'm like, okay, how do I do excellence? And I had the fortunate decision of taking part in a program that was about accountability and actually creating who you are. Like instead of looking for something out there is making a commitment inside of myself. You know, I am the possibility of being excellence in the classroom and then living into that future. So instead of trying to find something outside of myself, I was creating into the future. And that was probably the beginning of my real teaching path. And and here's the interesting thing. In my pursuit of being the best version of myself, it required that I begin to be vulnerable and to really own my blind spots, to really own where I dropped the ball to really own where I had conflicting commitments and to begin to work with that as the material of life, right? Like not as, you know, like life's challenges, do they ever stop coming at you? (laughs) No, they don't. And so excellence for me more and more and more, and it's interesting, was about being in the now and being responsible for who I was being in the now. And I'm still in pursuit of that. (laughs) You know, it's not like something that you all of a sudden master. And I think that's so much of what this podcast is about in the pursuit of excellence. Something you said that really just sparked something in my mind around conflicting commitments. Many times we're in the pursuit of a bigger goal. We're in the pursuit of something that's larger than ourselves. We're in the pursuit of wanting something that feels unattainable in this moment. And as we try to go in that pursuit, whether that's learning how to be present and be intentional with children, whether that's about um, slowing down and pausing, whether that's about removing commitments from your plate so there's more space over here. Talk to us a little bit about what conflicting commitments meant for you as you started that journey. Well, the first one right off the bat was the balance of family and work Mm. because I was, you know, I walked into education driven from my own experience with my children. I had a complete investment in education. What did good education look like because of the failure of education for myself and my children? So I was like really fiercely engaged in that conversation of what does it look like constantly looking and And I just, before I completely answer your question, I want to say that I'm still in pursuit, right? Like, I don't want there to be a final answer because I love the pursuit. (laughs) I love that. And and let's talk about that for a second. Let's let's interject the answer with a question. I don't want there to be a final answer. I think 
I think this openness of the nuances of life and recognizing that as we play with children, as we pursue our educational and leadership careers, there's so much ambiguity. And I think it's in the ambiguity that the wonder really comes out, that the curiosity really presents itself. It's not in the black and white. It's not in like, this is the A and this is a B. That's not so much where the curiosity and the wonder comes from. It comes from the uncertainty. It comes from the ambiguity. It comes from within the chaos. So I love the role model that you're being for young educators of I don't want there to be a final answer. And and I think the more that we fall in love with this process, not just helping the kids to fall in love with the process, you're the leader. You fall in love with the journey. You fall in love with the process and the children will follow your lead. I look at the worst years of my teaching career. I mean, like when it was on my knees in prayer every night to get the strength to go back in the classroom because of challenging behavior or because of challenging circumstances, whatever it was around it. And I could name tons of stories of, you know, things that arised. But here's what I can say, looking back at those challenging times when things were not easy, where every day was a work in progress, where I had to re recommit who I'm going to be in the classroom. You know, like when you're in challenging times, you go home and go, I can't do this. I cannot face that again. You know, I just want it to be calm. I can't deal with the challenging, you know, for me, really severe challenging behavior could really challenge my commitment to the classroom. Because especially when there there are behaviors that behavior modification, all the techniques, all of the knowledge we know isn't going to work because it's something deeper and I'm not that expert. It's one of the top three drivers of burnout and people leaving the field is lack of skill for challenging behavior. And it's, I think more than anything, it's the mindset around thinking that the one trick will fix this kid or the one challenge and toolbox is now your classroom is going to be perfect. As opposed to recognizing like what Sally was saying, there's no answer. You're constantly working on what's going to work for today and in this moment. And this is the thing that I I look back and celebrate having those challenges because they made me who I am today. Had I not had those challenges, I wouldn't have fairy dust teaching. I wouldn't be able to speak to other educators with complete compassion. And all of those incredibly difficult days taught me something profound. I think every year that I had that, when I was on my knees, what I was always brought back to is this is a human being who deserves honor and respect. It's not easy. And what if it was my child? And a teacher's like, I can't do this. It just means it's not going to look like the storybook classroom that year. It's going to look like an educator who's there committed to making the difference for these children. And interestingly, and I think this is like I would if I had the space and time, I'd want to do research on it. Right. Sure. Like always in the beginning of the year when it was going to be this way. And I had three definite years out of 25 that were that way. In the beginning, I'm resisting it. I'm in denial. I don't want it to go this way. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a whole year like this. You know, all the the yadas in your head, right? 
And then as I come into acceptance and start inventing who I'm going to be in this classroom, you know, so I'm going, okay, what am I standing for? So then I have to really bring my intentionality and my purpose because then all decisions go through that. And I always had the value of honor and respect. So, you know, those at first I'm not using them and then all of a sudden, okay, let's get out of the stands and on the court. Because I really think when I'm in denial, I'm on the stands, you know, looking like I really don't want to go down there. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get on the court. You mean I have to get on the court? No court. You know, get I don't on the want court. a court. No, thank I don't you. Want no, thank you. But, but no. let's talk about this, Sally. We're 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 like, I can't. I I, I really want to talk about this for a yeah. moment. So if you're listening and you're a teacher, you're a director, you're an owner, who what, what mom, whatever role you play, there are moments when we say, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I believe like when I have those moments when I'm like, I can't deal with this, what the story, what I'm really telling myself is I can't deal with the situation that's different from the story that's supposed to play in my head. So the story that I've played in my head is that dinner is supposed to be everyone needs to sit nicely using their utensils and napkins and passing the ketchup nicely. And everyone has their feet under the table and no one's banking the the you know, the bar stools or any of that, right? That's the story in my head. And then when it looks different, I say, I can't. And so for a teacher, many times when she says, I can't, what she's saying is this child is messing up the story in my mind of what my classroom is supposed to look like. And so I'd love for you to talk about how do we flip that script and come from a place of wonder and curiosity in those difficult moments? Well, and I think the first thing for me, which is really important when I unpack the I can't, the I can't always for me, and I think it's important to look at yourself, what is behind that story. For me, it's that there's no possible solution. So the I can't is I have this phenomenon happening in my classroom and I'm going to have to adapt. I'm going to have to accept And I'm going to have to restructure who I'm being. So, you know, like I had a very impulsive, violent child one year. And that meant I had to change my practices, my routines, the way the class functioned to accommodate for him and to trigger him the least possible because of spatial needs, uh, stimulus needs, all of those kinds of things. And when you have a way of being and all of a sudden you have to create a new way of being, that's a lot of energy and a lot of effort. So for me, the the mindset switch, that curiosity switch, the wonder switch, honestly, it's if not me, then who? Say it again. If not me, then who? This child. I can be the one and I get teary eyed now just saying it because I think about so many children I've known that, you know, through my children's friends that, you know, what if we had not taken a stand for them? What if a teacher hadn't taken a stand for them that this is why I do what I do, you know, right here, this challenge is me answering the call. It really is. It's it's really why we're here, is to make the difference. And sometimes when it shows up, I really didn't mean it. <laughs> it's like, I just want the fairy tale. <laughs> Let, I, I, I want to talk 
about how this mindset, these values, these core principles have really built the foundation of Fairy Dust, built the foundation of the programs you've created, the summits, the conferences that are coming up, all of the products that you've created are built around these core foundations. And so I'd love if you could speak to how that really anchors your creative and creation process in these events that thousands of educators come to every single year. Oh, I'm going to get really vulnerable and tell you what it's really, and even in the classroom from the day I stepped into my first classroom. And this is really the ultimate mindset for me. This is my spiritual path. So I am an educator as a service to God, right? So I'm serving a higher power in this. And that's present in fairy dust as well. So my mantra is, am I being of service? And even in the challenges of fairy dust, I look and go, and and the barometer is my internal spiritual space. Everything goes up against that because I have to look in the mirror at night and know I chose something out of integrity out of a commitment to my Native American ancestors, you know, unto seven generations. My choice is I'm looking at the impact in seven generations. So I have little tolerance for people who come into my space looking for money or looking for tricks or looking for, it's like, no, we're, we're here to be fully human, vulnerable, searching, committed. You're playing the decades game. This isn't, you know, you're not playing a short game of like, let me see, Mm -hmm. you know, what I could do in the next three months. It's, it's the planting of the seeds for the next, for several decades. I think it's important, you know, when people look for content that they want to consume, programs that they want to take, just how they're choosing to feed their minds. Let's talk about for a second, just the current state of the world where over the last year and a half or so, people have been very much consuming media and social media and then, you know, general media. The stories that they're telling are to reel you in to create a visceral negative reaction inside of your body. So you could be all hyped up about, you know, what's going on and get into debate. You know, the news doesn't say, you know, X amount of people recovered and X amount of people are doing better. And all these people are, you know, whatever it is, they're always talking about doom and gloom and who's dying. And it's very purposeful. There is a very purposeful intention in how they're designing their stories. And I think on the flip side, why I'm so grateful for whoever's listening to this podcast is to recognize how we choose to create this show and this content and how Sally chooses to create her free to play summit with the 30 speakers that she's very carefully curated to invite to join the experience. There is intention and purpose behind each conversation and each conversation is there to spark a certain component of inspiration, wonder and curiosity inside of yourself. The reason I'm sharing that is because as leaders and as consumers, we have to be create discernment around what we consume, around what we feed our minds. And 
being intentional about what you feed your mind has a ripple effect on the children that you are responsible for, which is why I'm always so grateful to be invited to come back and speak on Sally Summits and other podcasts that I'm part of because creating content that is inspiring, creates hope, creates opportunity, disrupts your thinking, elevates your mindset is how we change the world. It's how we transform the landscape of education and just in general, the content consumption of what we're doing. So I'd love, Sally, if you can talk to a little bit about Again, I I like going behind the scenes and kind of picking up the hood of the car and like, tell us what's going on in there. When you look at designing your speaker lineup for your free to play summit that's coming up, what is your intention behind those conversations? For my own journey as an educator, hearing what really worked with other educators, hearing their truth would awaken my truth. And this summit we've done really differently in that we're actually guiding you how to harvest that truth for yourself. We're actually giving you access to, rather than trying to, like I did in the beginning, figure out what everyone else had, that secret sauce, and I didn't have it. We're actually standing for you to harvest your secret sauce and giving you access to doing that. That you listen is the listening lens, you know, so I want people to come to this listening. Does this resonate as truth for me? And what doesn't take the jewels and toss the rest away. I think we have to really get disciplined that mm-hmm. even, you know, like when I speak, I like to tell people, you know, don't trust what I say, hold it against your own truth. And if there's anything I say that doesn't resonate as true, don't accept it. We have to start developing our own agency and our own, I can't can't think of the word, but just that we're owning who we are with no apologies. And then it's okay. We don't agree. It's healthy. I love this so much. And I think this is such a great kind of transition and and bring everything full circle in that when you run through your social media feed or when you listen to the news, they are not there for you to become your own agency for yourself and think for yourself. They have a very specific agenda of our way is the right way. Listen to us. We know all the facts. We know everything. We know best. Listen to us. As opposed to this summit and where you're choosing to listen to your content, Sally's saying right here very transparently, I'm going to share this with you but hold it up against your own truth. My truth isn't necessarily yours. Our way that we're talking about isn't necessarily the way for you. And I think what a beautiful way for young educators, for old educators to recognize creating agency within yourself, learning to create that internal compass of like, these are the boundaries. This is the line I don't cross. These are my values. This is my character. This is who I show up come hell or high water. That is so hard to do in this world when everyone's trying to tell you what to believe and how to do things and how, like, just, you need to find that inside of yourself. And that is hard. It is not through one conversation. It is not through two. It is not through one summit. It is a lifelong journey to consistently find what is that inside of you? Gosh, I'm so grateful for you and just 
what you put out into the world, um, the commitment that you have to your business and the practices and the quality content that you consistently put out is such a gift to our field, to the educational world, and again, to the decades that come after us. So I'm so grateful for that. Before I ask you to tell us your kind of schools of excellence challenge, for those of you that have been listening up until this point, Sally has an incredible summit that's coming up. It's called the Free to Play Summit. It goes live on July 12th until the 16th. And there are over 30 speakers. I'm one of the speakers that are going to be joining Sally to talk about wonder and play and so many other beautiful things. And so if you're really looking not just for tips and tricks and hacks, although we share a lot of those, if you're looking to consistently educate yourself, nurture your soul and your spirit and mind with beautiful and meaningful conversations, then please join us. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. Um, We have all the information inside of there and we look forward to seeing you there live. So Sally, I'd love to hear from you. You gave us such a beautiful glimpse into your childhood, your early days as an educator, who you are as a business owner, the values that you've taken with you. What message do you want to leave for all our listeners here today? You're enough. You are enough. Never doubt it. You are enough. Everything you need, you have. And you're so worth it. And we'll leave with that. Thank you so much for joining us. And register, you can click the link in the show notes for the Free to Play Summit. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.